What is up, everybody? Welcome another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders, archived on our podcast feed and streamed live on YouTube. However, you're checking us out, we do appreciate you watching. And we've got another week of DFS golf this week. That's why we're here. So, uh, Justin Van Zuden, aka STL Cardinals 84, I will be your host of the show as usual. Uh, I got my good buddy, Notorious Derek Farnsworth, beside me. Uh, Noto doesn't have anything to do this time of year. It's it's a quiet time for him, so uh, he's got plenty of time to come chat some golf. Uh, so, uh, Noto, how's your free time looking? Yeah, not a lot of free time and uh, definitely not a lot of quiet time. My little one, uh, it's fall break for him, so he's at home with me um, all day, every day this week uh, while NBA is starting. So, yeah, it's been uh, a lot of fun. Uh, patience is being tested. Uh, you could say that. Well, you got, uh, you know, you got a little easy break in with the uh, the two game Tuesday yeah. nighter. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, the uh, the Wednesday night massive slate uh, for the second day of the season will uh, will be a blast for you. But, uh, you know, you got to burn the midnight oil and get a head start on some of that tonight. Right. Yeah, that'll uh, that'll definitely be happening tonight. Uh, I don't think I could crank that many out tomorrow. So, uh, but luckily, all the golf content's up, and uh, we actually get some golf tomorrow night, right? Yeah, Wednesday night. So uh, the Asian swing is back for the first time in a couple of years. So be careful uh, if you are one to normally reserve dummy lineups and then change them later. Uh, you don't want to do that this week uh, unless you're going to be changing them, you know, ASAP. Uh, because the contest lock time, I believe, is around 7 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday night uh, in the States. Uh, so that'd be like mid-afternoon, uh, mid to late afternoon Pacific time. So be careful. If you're setting your golf lineups this week, make sure you get them in on time uh, and uh, and take care that you're not you know, running a lineup that you don't want to have. So that is definitely a change uh, with the swing in the tournament starting on Wednesday evening. Uh, looking back real quick at last week's tournament, we had a birdie fest as expected. Um, I don't think that I expected it to play quite as easy as it did for the uh, the CJ Cup at Summit. Uh, it, it was just, I mean, it was crazy uh, how low the scoring was, and it was still, you know, competitive. Like uh, you look at the winning score, twenty five under par. Yeah, well, we see that type of score a lot on the PJ Tour these days, but you know, you think you had a good, you have a good week. Like Cameron Tringali goes out there, shoots 10 under over four days. And he's 59th out of 77 golfers at the end of the week, like 10 under double digits under par 59th out of 77. So that was crazy. I've never seen that uh, quite as, you know, as bunched as we had last week and uh, basically turned it into something of a crap shoot for better, for lack of a better term. But uh I don't really know if there's a whole lot we could take away from that tournament, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, for a while there, I was thinking uh, they were playing two different courses, and all my golfers were playing the tougher course um, for all four days. Uh, my guys were, yeah, sitting at 10 under par range, and everyone else uh, was going out making birdies and bunches. Uh, you know it's easy when Keith Mitchell goes out and shoots 18 under par in the first two days. Um, that was pretty wild, and then uh, he wasn't even in the mix on Sunday, but uh, I think the big story has got to be Ricky Fowler. You know, he had a chance. He was there. Um, he ended up taking the penalty on the par five on the front nine. And then after that, he just missed so many putts. But uh, it was good to see him in contention. Um, it felt good that uh, at least we didn't miss out on him after playing him so much all these years. But um, golf's in a better place when he's playing well. And then obviously Rory McIlroy um, with that great finish. You know, uh, Morikawa put a lot of pressure on him by making eagle. 
on the 18th, but I think uh, Rory eagled the other par five uh, on the back nine at the exact same time um, that Morikawa eagled the 18th. So he didn't really need to do much down the stretch and uh, kind of played it safe there on the last couple holes. Well, one of the par fives, Rory went eagle, birdie, eagle, eagle for the week, uh, <laughs> seven under in four days. That's not too shabby. So, uh, yeah, I ended up uh, winning by one there. And like you say, was able to, to you know, just kind of take it easy the last couple holes, make sure he didn't make a mistake and get out of there with the win. Um, you know, like I said, I don't think there's a lot we can take away from last week. Nothing against Fowler, but. Uh, the old pitch and putt contest. Uh, I want to see it in a more difficult course before I'm ready to buy all the way back in. Um, I, you know, I didn't have a big, huge, massive earth shattering DFS week, but super proud of that. Somebody going seven under through seven holes call uh, on the show last week. Unfortunately, I did not have it being Robert Strep. So, (laughs) and then, you know, Mitchell, I think maybe did it the second day, but uh yeah, lots of lots of birdies, and uh, when your guys weren't making birdies, you could tilt the pars at that course. But uh, anything else to take away from last week, or just move along? Yeah, uh, nothing, nothing else really. Um, fun week, you know. Those no cuts—they're always so tough for me. I don't know what uh, what it is, but uh, I tend to have more success uh, in the in the cut events. And uh, we got another no cut this week, so hopefully, I can turn that around a little bit did you have any uh sweats you know good good lineups i didn't uh, i mean i had uh i had a couple decent lineups and all i played was like the ten dollar or something uh just uh, i didn't do any high stakes stuff last week just with the uncertainty with that course and um you know i think i had one finish around a hundredth or something but nothing that really had a chance so it was uh one of those weeks where you just chalk it up and move on i didn't lose everything i didn't win much so i uh, just move on to the next week but uh uh with the now with the travel to japan for this week's tournament and obviously a t- huge time change and late start um you know are are we concerned about a lot of these guys who did play last week i mean that's gonna be most of the top guys in the field um are you concerned about the the, the travel and the quick turnaround uh, the longer I've played DFS, the more I've tried to uh, not try to quantify the unquantifiable, uh, if that makes any sense. Um, it's just hard to know. I mean, uh, we've seen a lot of guys, you know, make the travel and have no issues with it whatsoever. Um, this is a quick turnaround. Like you mentioned, they're going to be starting on Wednesday night uh, in terms of, you know, time in America. But I'm not overly concerned about the guys uh, <clears throat> that are traveling. Uh-oh. Got a you choked up there on that. So I'll let you catch your breath for a second. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, the natural tendency is you try to take any angle you can get and, the, you know, to kind of overreact to things like that. And we've all been guilty of it in the past. So I think that's decent advice um, that, uh, you know, the guys are probably aren't going there if they're not going to give it their all. And uh, certainly you shouldn't have to worry about any, like right before the tournament, random withdrawals because yeah. we're going to travel over there, you know, and, uh, and what's worse, I mean, playing last week and traveling or not playing in an event for, you know, more than a month, uh, rust or, you know, travel, being right. tired from travel. So yeah, you can make, uh, you can make the narrative fit your, your, yeah. whatever you want it to, if you, if you angle it the right way. So, uh, with that being said, we've got the Zozo championship, uh, which with the COVID pandemic last year was played on a different course in the States. Uh, they're going back to Japan. Uh, to play the same course that was played in the 2019-2020 season. 
uh, when this tournament kind of debuted over there. So if you want to look at course history, don't look at last year. You'd look at the year before uh, and you'll get the data from this specific course. A little bit of a unique layout this week. So uh, Noto, I usually throw it to you. And uh, what do we got in front of us for, for a course here? Yeah, so good memories of this event. Uh, Tiger Woods won here in 2019. And he did it after bogeying the first three holes, ended up uh, winning by three, which is uh, pretty crazy. At the time, you know, I was playing him every week just because I couldn't not play him. And uh, I was already on withdrawal watch after he bogeyed the first three holes because he just had surgery 10 weeks before that. So um, that was pretty cool. Um, as far as the course, it is uh, a par 70, but it's not your usual par 70. I think the 7,000 yards on the scorecard is a little bit misleading. Uh, all of the par fives are over 580 yards. There's three of them uh, compared to, you know, your standard par 70 that has two of them. And then the par fours, they're either all over 485 yards or all under 425 yards. So you're going to get a lot of short par fours. You're going to get a lot of long par fours. Um, if you look at the breakdown uh, that Data Golf did, granted, we only have one year of sample size to work with, but uh, driving distance played a big factor here in 2019. Uh, pretty much bigger than uh, most events that we look at. Uh, driving accuracy didn't matter all that much. And to me, that makes sense. Uh, you're going to want to be, you know, as far as you can off the tee. And when it comes to the par fives and then the par fours as well. Um, if you aren't long off the tee, you got to be good with your long irons. Uh, three of the par threes are at least 175 yards. So you're going to have a lot of long irons in there. And then uh, the fairways are going to be tough for everyone to hit, only 55% on average the last time it was played here. The greens themselves, they are pretty small. They have the two greens on each hole, um, you know, standard to Japanese golf, which is kind of cool. Um, so they'll definitely mix those up, I believe, uh, you know, throughout the different rounds. And then uh, I was reading the transcript from Will Zalatoris before we hopped on. He's kind of comparing this to Augusta National. It says the place is in pristine condition. A lot of undulations. Um, he says the ball isn't traveling all that far because um, the air is pretty dense there. So um, that's definitely interesting. That kind of plays into the bomber narrative that I'm looking at as well. But ultimately, it's a no cut. Um, you're going to want to take some chances. The thing for me, the field, I mean, there's like five good guys. And then it is just uh, a huge drop off in terms of talent. So uh, I know we always talk about stars and scrubs in these no cut events. But I think this week, it's a great week to go like super stars and scrubs because the difference between the 9K and the 6Ks, I mean, it's really not that much in terms of their long-term, you know, talent level. So uh, what are your thoughts on that, the course, and uh, how you're approaching the week? Yeah, I mean, Ricky Fowler's 9,800, and he was in the 6Ks just a few weeks ago. He was a, he could have got him in the 6Ks. So um, I, I totally agree. I, I just think that uh, you want to try to get exposure to these golfers at the top this week. And um, going with that stars and scrubs approach just makes so much sense because, um, the, you know, the top four or five guys are who we are used to seeing up at that salary. And then, you know, from 8,000 to, to 9,500, I mean, that's just you know, all, they all feel pretty significantly overpriced. So, uh, yes, I agree on the superstars and scrubs builds. And I think there's some 6k golfers that you can certainly target this week for sure. Yeah, a lot of uh, Japanese golfers in the field. Um, so if you want to do a little extra research, a lot of those guys have been playing well on the Japanese tour. And uh, a couple other guys that uh, we'll get to, you know, eventually. But uh, I definitely think you can build you know, three stars and three scrubs or two and two and then two mid-range guys for sure. Yeah, I uh, like that. And um, we'll get into some of those 
kind of punt values later in the show. I think there are some interesting ones there. I've got one of the aforementioned Japanese golfers that I like this week. And I uh, took a look at some of your stuff before the show. I know that there's a couple guys down there that you like as well. So we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, the course, I, I do expect the course to play more difficult this time. Um, the first time it was, it played over par the first round slightly. Uh, then the last three rounds, it played super easy. Uh, but that was because a massive storm rolled through before the second round. Uh, in that second round, one of the par fours they played as like a 140 yard hole and they kept it as a par four. So there yeah. were like 30 Eagles. I forgot um, about that. Yeah. So don't, don't get fooled by the scoring. It's not going to be what we saw last week by any means. They're not really expecting rain this week. I think maybe one day there's a chance of rain. So uh, it's probably going to play around par on average. Uh, definitely will be trickier without the soft conditions that we saw last time. So uh, just a word of warning if you're you know, comparing to the scoring from, from two years ago. Yeah, I like that note. And one other thing, I mean, even with those three easy scoring days, it still was the 15th hardest course on tour that year. Um, so we could be looking at, uh, you know, a much tougher test. Um, yeah, I, I like that call a lot. Especially with the field being pretty weak. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it played over par on average. So uh, we'll see, but uh, don't expect uh, another birdie fest this week. So all right, let's start uh, breaking it down here. We'll get into it. We mentioned there's just a handful of names at the top. Morikawa, Shoffley, Zalatoris, Matsuyama. Those are the usuals. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood cracks the 10K mark on DraftKings as well. So uh, how are you parsing out that top five? Obviously, we want to try to get some exposure to some of these guys. It's hard to go wrong with uh, either of the guys at the very top. Colin Morikawa uh, didn't play well on Friday last week. Still almost won. Um, that's how talented he is. When he gets locked in with those irons, he's going to have a birdie opportunity on most holes. And uh, he's obviously one of the better, you know, accurate drivers on tour, too. So hitting a lot of fairways, hitting a lot of greens, that's going to work most places. He's one of those guys that long-term putting doesn't look great, but um, he's very hit or miss with the putter. He can go out and gain five strokes putting. When he does, he usually wins. So I have no issue with him up there. Uh, Xander's going to be my favorite guy. He's uh, number one in my model by quite a, a large margin uh, won the olympics in tokyo uh, his grandparents are japanese so he's got a lot of ties to the area um, he's obviously been the king of no cut events throughout his career so a uh, lot to like with him doesn't have a weakness in his game tends to play difficult course as well so if you want to uh, play into that narrative i certainly don't mind it and then have some interest in will zalatoris just continues to grind out some pretty good finishes he did miss a cut his last time out but uh, he ended up gaining strokes ball striking so not overly concerned about that. Um, Hideki obviously um, is going to have, you know, the home crowd behind him. Uh, he's probably got, you know, more experience than most at this course. And then we have differing opinions on Tommy Fleetwood. Um, in the survey, we kind of had opposite answers. I'm picking Tommy uh, to at least contend this week. Um, I like him quite a bit for me. Anytime you get him away from America, uh, he tends to play really well. If you look at his numbers on the European tour from this season, 2021, number one in strokes game uh, per round, more than anyone else uh, on the entire PJ tour. And that includes some big names like Rory uh, and all those other guys. So um, for me, simple flow. That's chart not like, Asia though. Um, that's Europe. Yeah, but he, uh, yeah, that's true. But he does have a good <laughs> record uh, at the WGC HSBC um, and some of the other uh, Asian events that they've played. So I like Tommy. I love that he's only 7% owned. Uh, anything, anytime you get under 10% uh, for a guy above 10K, you're just going to get natural leverage on the field. And uh, so, yeah, I'm playing some Tommy. 
it'll probably bite me, but uh, yeah, I like him. I love the ownership. I'll take Fleetwood over Fowler. I don't know how much that's saying, <laughs> but uh, the, uh, I don't know. I might come around to that if he's gonna if he's still gonna be that low owned. Um, I think Zalatoris. I mean, right now we've only got Zalatoris at like ten eleven, so I think that's a nice steal as well. Um, Shoffley's my favorite. Not gonna get a lot of argument there. Uh, but uh, I'll try to get as much Shoffley, Morikawa, Matsuyama. I mean, I'll try to be overweight on those guys uh, with the the stars and scrubs, superstars and scrubs type builds that uh, that we talked about at the top of the show. I'm a little confused by the ownership. Doesn't it seem like all these guys should be 15 to 30%? It seems like, yeah, maybe they're a little light. Um, you know, and maybe we're a little high on some of the mid-range guys like the you know list at 7,900 and Shank at 8,200. Uh, we've got all those guys that like similar ownership numbers. I think it'll more people will come around to the stars and scrubs builds uh, than maybe what we have projected in our, our tools right now, but uh, I'll pass that feedback along. That's just my opinion. I'm not, uh, I'm not the ownership expert by any means. So um, Trey does a great job with that. So I'll defer to him if he's uh, thinks his numbers, you know, right as it stands now are pretty good. Uh, then, you know, I'm inclined to believe it. So. All right, uh, let's go. It, it starts to uh, starts to dip uh, already once we get into the 9Ks. Like uh, Neiman, you've mentioned it many times on the show. It, we just don't see the upside enough from him. Uh, I am not touching Fowler at 9,800. Great story, great job last week. Uh, I want to see it a little more before I play him at double-digit ownership and that price. Um, you know, Norin, like all these guys feel way overpriced. Siwoo Kim, not in the best of form, not playing him right now. Ben Royan hasn't done enough lately to deserve the 9,500 price tag. So like, I, I think Keegan Bradley and McNeely are like my favorites in the nine Ks, but that's just way too expensive for them when they're only, you know, a thousand dollars less than the Morikawa's and the Matsuyama's of the world. So I don't think you play any of these guys in a cash game build, but I don't mind Keegan in tournaments. He has a course record here from the last time. Uh, but I just, it's hard to get excited about that nine K range. Yeah, you make a great point. Just compare the guys, uh, you know, 10K and above, and uh, you just have you have no part of this for cash games or single entry. So I uh, agree with you. I mean, Neiman, he's got a fine floor, but um, some of that is kind of, you know, taken away in a no-cut event. So I don't love him at the ownership. You mentioned Ricky Fowler. I gave him a 10% boost in my model, um, and the ratings are out of 100, and he's still rating out as the 16th best play, um, and he's the seventh most expensive. So don't think I'll be playing any Ricky. I'm still rooting for him. I agree with Norn and Siwoo. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, Keegan's probably the best guy, T13 here in 2019. You mentioned he's got the course record. I like that a little bit. He's a good ball striker. I'm sure he's going to miss a ton of putts, but I don't believe they're a shot tracker. So at least you don't have to see the missed putts. You just see the uh, bogey show up on the scorecard. So, yeah, I think Keegan's my favorite. Grillo, he just uh, no upside for him too. You know, he's misgotten six of his last eleven, and he's lost strokes putting in ten of them. It's just hard to trust those type of guys. Uh, Tringali continues to rate out well for me, but I like him in those uh, weak fields where you know he doesn't have a lot of competition. So, yeah, give me a little bit of Keegan, and that's pretty much it. I laughed uh, because here was the the buy round data from last week because i played some Grillo last week um at a very cheap price point so round one 
He was minus 4.1 strokes putting. That was last in the field. Uh, round two, he was minus seven tenths of a stroke putting. So that was slightly below average. Round three, he was minus eight tenths of a stroke putting. So through three rounds, he was still near the bottom of the field in putting uh, for the week. And then he gained 4.1 strokes on Sunday putting, <laughs> it was best in the field uh, for the for the day, and shot 11 under par. Like that's that if he can do that for a tournament just do it for like two rounds or do it for one round and then have the rest be reasonably okay like he gained four strokes putting on sunday and still lost strokes putting for the tournament i, I that's just it blows my mind him in showdown. Showdown. <laughs> if i only played him in showdown i'd be guaranteed to pick the wrong day um but speaking again that, he's 9100 yeah. speaking of showdown so i never get more cow right I've played him in showdown maybe 20 times. I played him round two showdown. Um, and I was like, okay. Uh, I think he shot even par. Everyone else was shooting, you know, low 60s. And then he backs it up with something like 20 under par on the weekend. So, <laughs> yeah, we all, we all have those guys. Uh, Patrick Reed for you. Morikawa, for whatever reason, I can't get him right. Well, I've coming around to Patrick Reed because I've just been fading him lately and it's been working <laughs> out. So, we're back on okay terms there. So, yeah, I mean, all those guys feel super expensive. Even Tringali at 9,200, just tough to – I'll sprinkle in those guys at the lower end of the 9K range in GPPs, but uh, there's really no case to be made to to absolutely love them. Um, though I do like Keegan's potential, uh, you know, as far as having some upside out of that uh, group um, and probably a good time to maybe pass along our – prize picks uh for the week so again you can uh, check out prizepicks.com or download their app uh and uh, you can you know see some of the picks uh, here that uh, that we're giving out uh this week and you can use promo code grinders uh for a 100 deposit bonus match up to your first 100 bucks uh again prizepicks.com and uh, we've both thrown some picks out there this week so uh, we've reversed roles. I took two unders this week, which is normally the Noto approach. Uh, and Noto's got an over on his. So I'll pass it to you in a second. But I like Matsuyama under 16 and a half and Keegan under 22 and a half. I think those are pretty favorable uh, in just a, you know, 78 golfer field. Uh, you can put those as a flex play. You only need to get one of the two right to double your money. Uh, or you can try to get them both right. And then you triple up uh, your money. So on, uh, you know, you can get $60 back off of 20 bucks. So uh, Matsi, I'm under 16 and a half. Keegan, under 22 and a half is what I like this week. And uh, Noto, what you got? Yeah, I like both of those. I'm going to go uh, down with the Tommy ship this week. I'm going to go under 18 and a half for his finishing position. And then see who came in. He's just been all over the place. The last two events, um, he's finished nearly dead last. So I don't mind taking a shot on him going over 21 and a half. Um, but for the record, anytime I do an over or a miscut, uh, you know, hot take on somebody, they end up finishing them top five. So if you like Siwoo this week, uh, good news for you. Uh, but I do like this little flex play that they have. I mean, uh, if you get one right, you get half your money back. Get them both right, uh, you double up a little bit. So uh, you just got to hit one of two. How easy is that, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, maybe that's the kicker. It's just, oh, well, that's easy. Uh, but, uh, you know, try it out. Uh, prizepicks.com. Again, promo code grinders get uh, 100% deposit bonus with your first deposit. So check them out. Uh, all right. Now we get into the uh, 8Ks where it really starts getting fun. Johnny Vegas was the top value play for a lot of people last week. Uh, now he, uh, Vegas, 
uh, I should say. Uh, now he's up to 8,900 this week. Uh, CT Pan's getting some love. KH Lee's getting some love. Like we've got all these guys in the mid teens for ownership, and it just, I don't know. It's hard to get super excited about it. Kind of like Hoffman in 8,500, but uh, that's just, you know, it's kind of a lukewarm take more than anything. Can you Anything standing out for you in here? The model loves Hoffman. Um, has him like as a top five play this week. So, uh, I don't know what to do there. The form hasn't been particularly good um, for the last couple months, but he obviously went on that huge run in the spring. He's a guy, pretty good total driver, makes a ton of birdies. Over the last 75 rounds, he's made more birdies than anyone in this field. So I do like that take quite a bit. Um, I like Vegas. He's one of the longer drivers on the PGA Tour. He's number one in strokes gained off the tee in this field over the last 75 rounds. And he's quietly gained on approach in eight straight events. So a guy that's a bomber that is gaining strokes with the irons, I'll take my chances with his putter. Agree with you on CT Pan, KH Lee. They just feel overpriced and overowned, and that's kind of a bad combo for me. I'm willing to eat the chalk when, uh, you know, I think they're underpriced, but I think both of them are overpriced. I know they're both playing well. Um, Carlos Ortiz is interesting, at least, uh, coming off of a T25 last week. Another guy very good off the tee. Uh, in terms of distance, and he's gained strokes on approach in nine of his last 10. So he's kind of fit in that same mold as Johnny Vegas. I uh, just got to putt well. Um, and he's a guy that uh, played pretty well at the Olympics, if I uh, remember correctly. And then uh, shout out uh, Carlos Ortiz. Uh, that, uh, that rings a bell, too. I know he was in the mix on the first couple of days. He, he might have fallen out a little bit. Uh... Uh, I can't find the leaderboard. Google's being a little slow. Anyway, yeah, he was in the mix. I, I like that call. And then shout out to Doug in the chat. I like the Lonto Griffin call. Um, his form has been up and down, but the stats have all been good. The underlying stats look good. Um, T6 at the Shriners his last time out. A guy that can putt well. A guy that's pretty long off the tee. A guy that's good on approach. So if the course doesn't play too difficult and, you know, everyone's able to hit these greens, I think uh, he's a guy that could definitely be in contention. Um, if everyone starts missing the greens, he might be in a little bit of trouble. He's one of the worst uh, in the field around the green. But uh, I like Lonto. going to be fading Palmer. Um, his best finish since April is T26. No thanks there. Um, Shank's interesting, but it definitely feels a little bit price shock there at 8,200. And then uh, I'll have some Wallace, just a guy that, you know, it's comfortable playing all over the world. Um, I kind of like those European tour guys and the, the Japanese tour guys a little bit more than just some of the regular PGA tour scrubs. Ortiz was tied for third heading into the final round at the Olympics. He shot seven over and finished 42nd. Uh, so Sunday was not great. Uh, apparently you didn't play him on Sunday showdown <laughs> or that one would stick in the brain. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize that too. Anyway, bad final round, really good first three days. Uh, that was a couple months ago, but uh you know, that was probably just pressing at the end there after all the guys were making a run. Rory Sabatini made his big run. Uh, but uh, I don't mind him. I don't mind him in GPPs for sure. Agreed on Palmer, probably off him for now. Um, I've played Shank the last few weeks, uh, but that was when he was cheaper and much less owned than he is right now. Probably off of him at, you know, what looks to be somewhat chalky. In fact, he might be the most popular guy in the 8Ks. Uh, kind of agree with you on pivoting to somebody like Wallace. Uh, don't mind him in an event like this. Anything else in the 8,000s? Model always likes Chris Kirk, and I never play him, so I don't know. Do with that what you will. 
Yeah, I never play him either. Though he's probably not a terrible play relative to all the guys around him. Um, all right, going to the 7Ks. I was looking at recent numbers. Garrett Kago has been really bad. Surprised me to see how bad he's been lately. Streb last week's first couple round hero. Um, Pat Perez is pretty cheap at 7,300. Uh, but again, not a ton to love in the 7Ks. It looks like Harry Higgs is going to be the most popular option there. I wrote him up. Uh, not knowing that he would be the chalkiest, but I suppose he's fine at, you know, 7,500. Had a pretty good week last week, but anything sticking out to you in the 7Ks before we get to the punts? Not a ton. Um, if I'm building one lineup, I think I'm going to go superstars, super scrubs, just play three guys in the 6Ks. So um, not a ton of exposure to this range or the 8Ks or the 9Ks, uh, to be honest, from single entry. But um, shout out to PJ Splits, Ron, who does uh, our splits tool here at Roto Grinders. He has a Strokes gain uh, on uh, courses in Asia and a couple names uh, definitely stand out. Pat Perez was fifth on the list. Um, he's only 7,300. So a guy I wouldn't mind. Um, he played here in 2019. Wasn't great, but he at least knows the course a little bit. And he did show some uh, life towards the end of last season. And I don't know if you saw, did you see um, the last event in Vegas? Did you see what he did on his last hole? I did not. So he was uh, like one or two shots behind the cut line. I think he needed to birdie or eagle. He hit his approach in the water and just walked off on 18. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did see that. I remember that now. I laughed because I, I saw the withdrawal and I went to the shot tracker and I saw that, oh, he just walked off the last hole. Um, and I, I had him in showdown, so I didn't get the bogey points. Um, so that was great. <laughs> Ended up with more points. Yeah, some guy uh, messaged me and said if he would if he would have got the double, he would have moved up and cash, and instead the guy ahead of him <laughs> stayed there. That sucks. Uh, we've all been on both sides of that coin every now and again. Yeah, um, it's just funny how much stuff in DFS can change on, like, you know, you think of how much NFL money changed hands at the end of the Cowboys game last week uh, with yeah. a touchdown in overtime to popular play. Um, yeah, it's just. And I'm sure there's somebody in there now that's uh, that's eating at them, you know, because of how much they lost on on one little play like that. But um, it's part of what makes it fun, too. Uh, Doug Gim at 7K. Exactly. He can't putt, uh, but his ball striking numbers are still really good. And at 7K in this field, I don't really think there's a whole lot of difference between Doug Gim and guys that are priced like two thousand dollars higher than Doug Gim. So I'm fine with Gim at 7K. He's probably one of my favorite values, uh, along with Perez, who you just talked about there. Anything else you like above 7,000? I like Takumi Kanaya. He is the 76th ranked golfer in the world. He's coming off of seven straight top 20s uh, on the Japanese tour, and he's only 50 to 1 um, on DraftKings Sportsbook right now, which is uh, easily, the, easily the lowest odds of anyone priced below 8,000. So um they definitely are playing it safe with him um i think he's got some upside he's probably very familiar with the course so uh, i don't mind taking some shots on him yeah i don't mind that as well um shocked that the odds have gotten that low but uh kanaya is one and then the guy that i tagged up just because he's cheaper is ryosuke kinoshita uh, who has i believe five straight top tens on the japanese tour as well uh, and he's only 6,200 on DraftKings. He's 7,600 on FanDuel. So basically min salary on both of those sites. Uh, but I did kind of give a head nod in my article to Kanaya as well. So those two guys at 6,200, 
and 7,200 would be my favorites if you're looking for the kind of uh, sneaky under the radar guys that generally play on the Japanese tour. All right, let's move into the said 6K range. Obviously, Kinoshita is my favorite. Um, let's see. I don't think I wrote up. Oh, Gam, I wrote up, but he's exactly 7,000. Uh, I know you got at least one or two guys you like in the 6Ks. So who are you looking at in there? Yeah, a couple guys that play primarily on the Japanese tour, but uh, you know aren't Japanese. I got Scott Vincent. Um, he's played pretty much exclusively in Japan the last eight months. He played well at the Olympics, ended up finishing T16, uh, which was in Tokyo. He has two wins in his last six starts uh, on the Japanese tour, and I believe he is third in the stroke average. Um, they have a site that you can check. You can actually check some of the stats if you want to look at some of those uh, Japanese tour guys. And then uh, all the way at the very bottom, Sean Norris, um, kind of a similar story, spends most of his time in Europe or in Asia, and uh, eight straight starts on the Japanese tour, eight of eight, seven straight top 20s, and a win uh, during that stretch. And he only got in because Paul Casey ended up withdrawing. He was a late add uh, to DraftKings. I haven't seen a FanDuel added in yet, but um, I think that's naturally just going to lower his ownership. He's uh, listed at 100 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook, so typically you don't see that from – um, a guy that's placed at the at the bare minimum. Let me check <clears throat> check FanDuel right now. Was that Norris or Vincent or who? Yeah, Nor- Norris. Norris. Uh, yeah, Norris. FanDuel added him just today, so he is eighty three hundred on FanDuel. Although I noticed uh, Yahoo has Yahoo <laughs> um, has. Where did it go? Vincent at 34 bucks, which uh, was kind of surprising to me. Yeah, he's above the average salary per golfer. And Ricky Fowler is 24 bucks on Yahoo, <laughs> uh, which uh, as much as I want to hate on Fowler, 24 bucks on Yahoo. If you're playing over there, uh, you can go ahead and get him into your lineups and probably feel OK with it uh, in this type of field. So uh, I knew I had seen that uh, Vincent was expensive somewhere. Um, so. I was just looking at FanDuel and realized it wasn't there and I knew it wasn't DraftKings. So put that together. But anyway, yes, FanDuel has added Norris and also Nyoto Nakanishi, uh, who was the other uh, late replacement. So uh, anything else you like as far as punts? Looks like we've got Sung Kang getting some ownership. I can probably take or leave that. Um, Troy Merritt, Roger Sloan, some other guys. Otherwise, it's pretty spread out down here. Yeah, pretty spread out. Uh, one guy that uh, I was surprised when I was looking at his stats is Wesley Bryan. For the longest time, he was like the worst driver on tour. He would average like 260 and never hit a fairway. But um, he's 15th or sorry, 20th in this field in strokes game or sorry, 20th in this field in driving distance. So he's added a ton of distance off the tee. We know the wedges are good. Um, so he's uh, worth a flyer at min salary. Uh, Yuki Inamori is also 6,000. Um, he's eight of eight in his last, or sorry, four straight top 20s on the Japanese tour. And he's only 80 to one on the DK sports book. So if you're looking at some of these value plays, I don't mind just kind of trusting the odds and, uh, you know, putting your faith in the, in the bookmaker. And uh, he's only 80 to one, which is uh, easily the lowest below uh, 7K. So don't mind looking at that. Um, anyone else that you like? Yeah, that's about it. I mean, this field tends out in a hurry. And again, we've only got 78 golfers, but uh, I think we've kind of covered most of them that are going to be in my player pool. So like those calls on some of the guys that are at shorter odds that are still pretty cheap in DFS, like a lot of their odds are similar to the golfers in that kind of 8K range. So uh, you could build a lineup 
that you, you know, like if you built a truly balanced lineup, uh, it's going to look horrible. Yeah. But yeah, you can b- make a build with say, you know, two guys above two of the five guys above 10 K on DraftKings. Like if you start with, Shoffley and Matsuyama or Shoffley and Fleetwood and that gives you 71 75 per golfer like you can do that with some scrubs some of those 6k golfers and then get one mid-range guy and you know I I think that's probably the best approach to take this week with a lot of builds yeah oh one other name Kyle Stanley so he's gained uh, ball striking in nine straight like a bunch of strokes too guess what his best finish is during that stretch well I think you mentioned this to me before is like 25th or something (laughs) 41st and I think he's got like six miscuts during that stretch too but uh on uh PJ splits is you know numbers from Asia he is sixth best in strokes game per round in Asia so might be a guy you're gonna say sixth in putting on in Asia and I wasn't gonna buy it I don't think uh they have putting splits since they're all (laughs) it'd have to be like the putts per per hole yeah he's not sixth in that either (laughs) (laughs) but everything else can make up for it put him on the Grillo lineups and uh you can you know like you say you don't have to tilt the putts yeah him Grillo and Keegan that's a great start (laughs) well if you uh if you like this show uh we encourage you if you're watching us live or you're watching us later on YouTube Uh, subscribe to the channel you get alerts about all our great video content Uh, hit the like button thumbs up or the thumbs down if you want to you know the algorithm will take it you know whether you hit the thumbs up or the thumbs down button Uh, as as our buddy blender would say let me see the thummy thumbs and uh, we appreciate you checking us out and uh, if you like what you see check out roto grinders premium Uh, this is a great time to check out the premium package you get more bang for your buck with the combo package, which includes pretty much every sport except NASCAR. You've got football, you've got NBA, you've got NHL that just started up, you've got golf going on. Um, you know, it's just uh, the busiest time of the year. We've got college football, uh, tons of stuff on the sports calendar this time of year. So now is the chance. You can click the link in the description, or we'll have our producer Eli drop a link in the chat so you can check that out later. Uh, get you 10 bucks off your first month of Roto Grinders Premium. So uh, with that, uh, we'll go ahead and call it a wrap. Pretty ugly field this week and, uh, and limited options to deal with for uh, for DFS. Uh, but uh, we'll be back next week. And uh, let's see, they continue the Asian swing here for a few weeks, but now the schedule's all, uh, all messed up. Uh, not the Puerto Rico, but the other one. Bermuda? Yeah. So and they got a sponsor this year. Uh, Butterfield. Butterfield Bermuda championship so well, i stand corrected i thought that they were staying they're not doing any of the other asian events i'll be darned i swear i saw that but apparently i was dreaming uh because after that it's mayacoba in mexico and then back to the normal the houston open and the rsm uh to close out the uh the year before thanksgiving so they're not doing the wgc or any of the other events over there huh i'll be darned uh no event I miss is the CIMB Classic. I love that course. Yeah, that just disappeared too. Like I, sw- I swear I saw they were playing some of those. Uh, it's a heck of a realistic dream I had because it's nowhere to be found on the schedule. Doesn't say canceled. <laughs> it's just gone. Um, yeah, you learn something every day. All right. Well, next week, not another event on the Asian swing. Uh, the Butterfield Butterfield Bermuda Championship. Uh, we'll be back uh, for that next week, followed by Mayakoba, Houston Open, RSM Classic, take you to the holiday break. Uh, the longest break that we'll get from golf 
uh, which is still only about five or six weeks, uh, the, the winter break, uh, which always comes at a good time for those of us providing content for, for a bunch of sports. Uh, but until then, we got four or five weeks left to make some money in DFS golf, and hopefully we can help you do that. So for Noto, for our producer, Eli, I'm Justin. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we will catch you next week. Take care.